Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Startup Radio, where we candidly share the unfiltered truths about what it's really like to start and build your own business. So you can love it and learn from our mistakes and get inspired to embark on this beautiful and messy journey called entrepreneurship yourself. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of Startup Radio. We are, or I am, alone today, or not quite alone, but I'm not with Nina today. I have an amazing guest beside me virtually and we will talk about all things branding today so I have the amazing Sarah Holmes next to me on Google Meet. Sarah do you want to introduce yourself? Yes thank you I'm very honored to have been asked to come on as a guest and I'm excited to, to chat all things branding so my name is Sarah Holmes as you said and I'm a brand strategist and consultant and I help small businesses and entrepreneurs with their brand strategy so that they can produce better marketing and make more sales basically. Yeah and we've been following each other for quite a while and have been in contact via Instagram so it's been amazing to follow your journey and it's been amazing to connect to you and now have you on the podcast so we feel very honored as well. Um, Yeah, so today we want to chat a little bit about what you do, who you help and just your perspective on everything. Um, but before we get into it, do you want to quickly um, yeah, talk about your journey? How did you become a branding consultant and yeah, what, what sparked this joy in, in this business for you? Well, I think I've always been interested in business. I've always been, since being a teenager, I studied business at high school. When we first got the option, I was like, oh, business, that sounds really yeah. interesting. Um, and when I was 14, I remember my parents saying, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a CEO of a multinational <laughs> company. Wow. And I don't know where that came from, but I think that there was something in me that was like, business is cool. Like, I want to do something to do with business. And when I went to university, I ended up studying foreign languages. Mm -hmm. I just, that was what my thing was, but I always had this like background interest in business. So all my like elective modules were in business. Um, and when I moved to Spain to teach English, I was like, teaching is great for living in Spain. I was living like my perfect life in this yeah. place that I loved, but my job wasn't perfect. And I was like, still going back to business all the time. Um, and I worked in a sports brand, but it wasn't really like, um, the t it was like a, a sales and customer experience role and it still wasn't like fulfilling enough, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I feel like I live in this perfect place, but I just can't find the job that I, I want. So I decided to kind of create my own job and start my own business. And I did that by doing like graphic design courses and learning like skills online, you know, how to make yeah. social media content. And there's so much stuff online to learn how to do that. And I started a brand and a web design business and I struggled so much. <laughs> I spent like six months with these new skills that I'd learned thinking like, oh, now I've got these skills. So people will obviously hire me. And it pretty much was not the case. It was like, I've got these skills and nobody's hiring me. Like, what do I do? <laughs> And it wasn't until I kind of got into the world of brand strategy, which if you're a brand designer um, or you're familiar with the design world, you've yeah. heard of strategy and brand strategy. And I started to hear this term a lot. And I was like, what is this? Like, do I need to know about this? Is this going to help me? And it basically just like 
turn my business around from being like this struggling freelancer to actually figuring out like what goes into a brand strategy to make you stand out like how do you stand out from competitors what should you really be seeing in your marketing because before that as a designer i was always looking at how things looked but i wasn't looking at what i was seeing and how yeah. and that's like what you do in brand strategy so that like completely flipped my business and i ended up like signing the clients that i really wanted to work with doing some really amazing projects and then design was like something that i decided um last year to leave behind and i just now focus on helping people with mm -hmm. with brand strategy yeah that's a it's such an amazing transformation as well like going from this because i think we all can relate that starting a business you feel like you're kind of yeah buying into that dream of that you see on social media all the time like quit your nine to five earn 10k months and have the amazing life and you don't have to work anymore and you just do what you love but it's actually not like that it's actually i don't i don't want to say much harder because it can be really easy as well but for most of us if we figure it out ourselves and if we venture on this journey ourselves not knowing anything about business at all um it can be really hard and i know at least for me i implemented strategy into my brandings from the very beginning but I was definitely not as into it as I am now I at the beginning I was still very much focused on oh, I want to make cute logos but that's actually not like the whole holistic picture so um yeah why did you decide on leaving design completely behind why did you um move on towards just consulting and educating because I feel like that's That's very interesting because most of us creatives still kind of, um, yeah, leave that design part in. Um, but why did you decide to not do that anymore? There was a couple of reasons. Um, one of them was that I found designing really lonely. And mm -hmm. I guess that depends on your personality and, you know, what where you get your energy from. But I'm quite, like, extroverted in the way that I like to be around people. And... I'd spent six years being a teacher, teaching groups up to like 35 people at a time, you know? So I was used to being around a lot of people all the time. So yeah. when I started designing and I got these design projects, I was just sat in my house like 12 hours a day with my laptop. <laughs> and, you know, you, you do have like consultations with your clients, but maybe I would meet my client like once a week or once every two weeks, you know? And yeah. the rest of the time I was sending videos to them because maybe they're in different time zones and you don't really need to meet for a call so there was this huge element of loneliness and I I don't think people talk about that a lot in general about starting a business but I think the whole process even if you do have a lot of client calls can be very lonely and for me design was just something that I, I found didn't fill me with energy and I, I wanted to to get rid of that and I I think that It's something that maybe I think makes me stand out more because I'm yeah. more focused just around strategy. And, you know, I know um, I have like people around me who are designers. So like if someone comes to me and I know that they want design, I'm like, you know, I've got an amazing recommendation for you. Or, you know, I can like put you in contact with this person. Like I've got a lot of contacts. So I don't really feel like I needed to really keep offering the service for myself because at the end of the day, you know, you start your business to be happy for you and it wasn't making me happy. And I didn't realize that until I started to, to do it, you know, but yeah. I still love like consulting with people on their designs. Like I still obviously have all my knowledge from when I was designing. So I've got people, you know, if they come into my group program and I'm t teaching them how to do their strategy, 
I'll still happily, you know, ask, answer the normal questions like, what should my brand colors be? <laughs> or how can I find a good font for my logo? Like, you know, I don't do it for you anymore, but I can still help with that. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's lovely to say, uh, it's lovely that you say that it makes you stand out more because I truly believe that as well. And I know it's just that in your content and in the way you show up that this journey of uh, having been a designer really helps you today to be okay. I'm, I'm a better um, branding consultant. I'm a better mentor for my clients because I have all this design knowledge still, but it's just a different niche that you're kind of yeah, focusing on right now. So um, what is really interesting, though, is that you talk a lot about branding, personal branding and the difference between personal and professional branding. And at the beginning of my business journey, I always found it very difficult to balance or to distinguish between personal branding and professional branding because I wanted to be like a like an expert, a professional. I wanted to make something serious. Like we always say, oh, your business needs to be serious Well. This is kind of changing at the moment, but this kind of the stigma that is around. And on the other hand, on social media, a lot of people talk about personal brands and the importance of personal brands. Um, so I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice for new business owners on how to choose a type of branding or what would be the benefits of a personal or professional brands or the differences in it in general? I think this is such a good question. It's such a big question because it really depends on your business. So for instance, with me, I work with people who mainly offer services and they're probably coaches or they are, um, I don't know, brand designers themselves or some, you know, in that kind of area where they're working closely with their clients. And in that case, I think that there needs to be nowadays a a touch of personal branding in there. If you are going to be the service provider where the person is hiring you to be sat in front of you on the call, well, you don't want to kind of hide behind a business brand with just a name that's a business name and it doesn't include you or it's just a logo and it's not your face, you know, because the person really is buying into you and they want to know what you're going to be like to work with. So that's going to be important if you're a service provider. If you have a product, then maybe it's a different story. You need to look at like whether your product really needs to be the focus of the brand. But at the same time, we're seeing this like, um, I work with like solopreneurs and people who have very small businesses, very small teams, like less than five people. But even when you're looking at these like huge brands, we're seeing this increase in huge brands using like founders or CEOs faces to make the brand more personal because they know that people respond better to that type of marketing content. So why do we not see Instagram posting like, I don't know, just like a graphic. Why is it that um, they've got their like, what's he called? Ad, um, Adam, what's his surname? Mosseri? Um, yeah. Something like that. I don't know how you pronounce his surname. <laughs> but the question is, why have we got such a big company like that? Instead of announcing the graphic, he sits down and he does a video. Yeah. Why? Yeah. He does that because people respond better to people. So no matter what size of your business, whether you are service provider or a product, you're probably w- going to want to have a face of your business in some way because humans feel more connected to that. So in in short, it depends completely. <laughs> but I think it's something to take into account that we are getting to the point where we want to see people's faces, especially on social media, because it builds trust a lot quicker. Yeah, I think 
of course it always depends but i think it's a very interesting development because as i said in the in the traditional sense um people always used to think okay businesses need to be very serious and they need to be like we always think of this b2b type of marketing that you need to build some sort of trust and you need to be reliable and you need to be serious or at least i always thought that and then i venture off and start my business and i feel like okay these quote-unquote little little tiktoks actually do much better for my business than this yeah it's it's a bad example but like this static post that is really serious and kind of gives the benefits of branding and why you should work with me and then if i just chat on my stories it actually has a very much a better response so kind of finding the balance is probably the best way to do it so yeah and i think that you can come across as it seems like it's maybe more unprofessional to sit there and talk to the camera, but you can see whether someone is knowledgeable knowledgeable about their subject by the way that they talk, right? So I think that, you know, it maybe seems like the more traditional route is to put on a graphic and like write down, you know, and make your website look very professional and like these are our values and blah 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 but that blends into the background so you have to think like what is going to make you stand out the thing that's going to make you stand out is you because there's no other human on the planet that is like you they can't yeah. talk like you they can't um tell the same stories as you they can't express in the same way and you know this is something especially like i say i work with service providers i probably teach the same things or i consult or i give the same advice as somebody else that my clients have already worked with. But the difference is that they some they tell me that the way that I say it somehow lands in their mind differently or it clicks yeah. differently. And it's not about like you sharing why you need to invest in branding, but it's why should they invest in branding with you? So it's gonna come across like the way that you speak, people are gonna connect with that so much more. So I think that it might seem less professional to make a video and to be talking to the camera, but actually it's not, it's just showing your pro how professional you are and how great you are at what you do in a different way because content and marketing is changing and video and showing up with your face is like what we're now expecting. Yeah, I think I wanted to say something now. I forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we talked a lot about um, branding, professional branding, personal branding and why either or or probably both of them actually you're you're making me reconsider my my strategy a little bit as well because I'm always a little not scared but sometimes I feel like okay I need to be more professional because I don't know it's just a limiting belief of mine I guess um but I want to move on and steer the conversation a little bit about um selling and because there's so much stigma on selling as well as a personal brand especially but also on social media in general um i felt like when i consume a lot of content and i am on social media a lot to engage with my audience there's always someone that's launching something that is selling something um there's kind of this constant buzz of people throwing their offers at me whether that's products or services and of course as a business owner I am very aware of that and I have to do that as well to some degree to make sales because if you don't talk about your offers pr probably no one is going to know about them because they don't actually look for them and um, 
wait <laughs> and uh, I wanted to oh wait I need to get my reds right here <laughs> um and I always admired your type of selling because it comes across as very authentic and I actually when I scroll through my feed I'm actually not bothered but it sounds it doesn't sound rude but it sounds rude for other people like I'm I'm uh, not bothered by your content because other people I can really feel oh I'm repelled by that because it's the type of energy that if someone sells to me you're instantly feel like you're that cheesy car salesman that no one wants to be and I always admired you for that because you don't come across as that type of person um, you come across as very authentic when you're selling you it, you're kind of making it seem very effortless to talk about your office in an authentic and just um, casual way um, so to say so I uh, wanted to ask you if you have some little tips and tricks on how you can make selling less salesy I think this is a really interesting question so I think thank you for what you said that it doesn't you know <laughs> the selling doesn't bother you but I think that one of the key things here is that you've followed me and known me for quite a long time so maybe yeah. that's why my selling doesn't bother you because you already feel like you know me to an extent and you're like well if this is for me then I'll buy it if it's not then I won't and you know that you can just easily make that decision so you're like well I'll just you know if Sarah's selling something good for her but if I don't want to buy it I'll just move on and it doesn't bother you yeah. But it's because you've had that previous kind of relationship building with me through Instagram where you've seen other things that I've posted and you feel like you know me. I think that we get more repelled by selling when someone sells to us when we don't have we haven't been through that relationship building yeah. part. And that's the customer journey, right? Like when you look up customer journey, if you, you know, if you have a business, definitely Google what is the customer journey, yeah. <laughs> customer awareness, like how do they become aware of your product? Well, they start to get to know you, they become aware that they have a problem, then they start looking for the solution to the problem, and then they start deciding why you would be the solution over the other people who could offer them a solution, right? This is the buyer journey. Yeah. And we get repelled when we feel like, we've just followed someone and suddenly it's like sales, 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 sales at us all the time. So my advice would be, but obviously remember that there, you have people joining your audience all the time, right? All so I've time, got you yeah. who you've been following me for a while, but I'll have someone who followed me yesterday who doesn't want to see my sales content and might feel repelled by it. So what can you do as a business owner? Well, one, you still have to be selling people unfollow because you're selling something. I mean, they were never gonna buy it anyway, or they might come back later, don't worry about it. But it's also then finding that balance between, you don't want all of your content to be sales, right? You want to have a balance because the people who are interested in buying are gonna be looking at my sales content. The people who aren't are gonna be looking at all the other content being like, oh, this is exciting, this is nice, oh, yeah. this is good advice. So people are paying attention to different things. So making sure that like, if you post four times a week, maybe one, day is like a sales page the other day is something that's like educational the other day is something you know you can do it like that so you split it up into different days or you can use like different methods for different things so for instance maybe all of your feed content is more like valuable stuff whereas your stories are the way that you sell so you could split it up like that or um you know, I, this is a very basic version of what I'm saying, but it, yeah, make sure you're hitting all the touch points for people so that you're not just selling, selling, selling. Um, or for instance, 
one thing I used to do in the past, which now I'm really changing is with my email list, I used mm -hmm. to just send like direct, um, like if I launched a new offer, I would send my new offer to everyone on my email list. And what happened was people would unsubscribe because they were repelled because like you say, yeah. they didn't want to be quote unquote sold to. So then I was like, okay, well, what can I do to stop people from unsubscribing, but keep them on my email list, but also make them aware of my offer. Well, then I decided to start selling, uh, sending just the direct, like, this is my offer to just a certain group of my email list. So people who have viewed my oh, pricing yeah. guide, for instance, I was like, right, well, if you've viewed my pricing guide, that means that you want, you're looking for a solution, right? Yeah, you're yeah. further down your customer journey. So that means they probably aren't going to be as repelled by me sending a pitch of this is my new offer, right? So that those people yeah. are less likely to unsubscribe. And then when I want to make other people aware of my offer, again, sticking with this email list example, what I would do is send a more value-based email and then mention my offer in it so that it means that the people who receive that email, they can either take the value from it and ignore the pitch, but I'm still making them aware or they can click on the pitch. And if they do, then I might send them another email that is more a direct pitch. So being more strategic in that means that you're selling to people who aren't going to be repelled because normally the people who are repelled are the ones where you just sell, sell, sell to them, like very, very obviously. Yeah, I think that's such a good advice. And I think what really struck out to me when we uh, talk about like seeing content on Instagram, I can really sense that somebody's going through a launch period and sometimes it is even to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow this person for like a couple of weeks because they're just like, their their stories is full of, uh, you know, carousels that are just sold, that their Instagram feed is full of it, their um, email marketing is full of it. So it comes, it is a little bit too much. So I think it's very, very nice that you said, okay, we need to nuance it a little bit more. And I think yeah, I, I definitely made the mistakes previously where I just uh, launched something and then send it through my whole email list because I wanted to reach as many people as possible. But I can really see that now you actually opened my eyes there that I'm like, maybe I shouldn't because I noticed that not as many people were opening the newsletter even because they just ignored it. They probably thought, oh, Helena's launching another stuff. Like, I'm not interested. Um, but really nuancing it to... Um, maybe just the investment guide or um, people that subscribe to different segments of your newsletter um, it's really interesting that's an interesting perspective that's something I need to change as well <laughs> I think that this is something that came to light when I the first round of my group program I had a girl I, I, I'll never forget she she asked me this question and I thought wow this sounds like a simple question but it's actually way more complicated which is she asked me um if she was like, how much selling content should I do? And how much brand yeah. building content should I do? And it made me realize that people have this idea in their head that there's a right amount of content and that some content is selling and some content is brand building. And what I want to, to kind of open people's mind to is that one post can be, or one email can be valuable. It can be a sales pitch and it also can be brand building at the same time right? We can't separate yeah. them because I could send a valuable email that pitches my offer at the end and also really shows what I stand for, what my brand is, why I started my business. That might all be included in one email. 
So we can't say that this is just a brand building piece of content. We can't say this is just a sales piece of content, right? There's more, it's a gray area. Yeah, I think it comes down or where I can sense that rooting in is that uh, social media coaches or especially when I learned uh, how to do Instagram marketing or Instagram content, you kind of have these like content pillars that are very strict. So you have the educational content, you have inspirational content, you have personal content. And when I started my Instagram account, I was very strict on okay, this is an educational post. So it's like a carousel with like three top tips. And this is a personal post. So it's like five facts about me or, or something like that. And then there's a strict um, sales post where it's just about my offer. And I, I totally agree that this perspective kind of needs a change or it needs to be more integrative because, uh, yeah, an educational post for one person can actually be a sales post for another person if they're further down the line and are more interested in your offer yeah exactly and I made the exact same mistake I thought that everything because that's how you get taught if you do any type of Instagram marketing course that's what they say you have your pillars educational yeah. inspirational da, 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 da. but then what I was finding was I was looking at it not from how I'd look I mean I in brand strategy your 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 job is to question things right and think yeah. bigger so I would look at this and I would go well this seems very narrow-minded like I don't quite understand why people are telling me that this has to be educational because I I then started looking at obviously when you're doing brand strategy you talk about brand voice as well and I think that one thing now that we are seeing a lot more of and is going to be really beneficial for people if they have a, an online business is using those like educational, maybe carousel posts where, you know, people swipe through the different slides, educating or giving value, but writing really well in your voice, you know, yeah. like not taking tips from Google, but maybe the tips are something that, you know, you could find on Google, but it's your perspective on them. Yeah. And it's your way of explaining them. And it's your way of like, this is what you need to do. This is the tip. Let me show you why I know this works because I did this for myself. I did this for my client. And you merge the value and the tips with the stories and the voice. Yeah, I think that's actually one of, like, it sounds so cheesy, but that's one of the biggest USPs that people can actually have, especially if you're alone in your business, if you're a freelancer or a solopreneur, just explaining something in your own voice, because you can find the tips on, on Google or even better, you can you can ask ChatGPT now or whatever. So you, you don't actually have to um, invest in something or invest like in a branding consultant if you want to do it yourself you can definitely do it yourself but it's just the way that um, everyone is explaining something differently and I'm sure that we all experience this in school with teachers as well that there's just this one or two teachers that are explaining it a little bit differently and it just clicks like it's magic so um, yeah using that in your business can be really really beneficial yeah exactly it's like what I said before I've had clients who go oh you've just told me the same thing that seven other people have told me but for <laughs> some reason today when you've said it the penny has finally dropped and I feel like I get it yeah yeah and uh coming back to the strictness of the uh content pillars etc and how we evolved our strategy um what is one of the like biggest mistakes that you see people making when they 
build their brand, their build their personal or professional brand. And what do you want to say to them? So I think you mentioned content pillars there as you introduced that topic, yeah. which I think is interesting. I actually have tested both methods of using content pillars and not using content pillars. And I actually am pro content pillars. What mm -hmm. I'm not pro is what we talked about before, where the post has to be specifically educational, specifically um, inspirational, specifically promotional. I'm not in favor of that, but I do think that content pillars are helpful because one of the biggest branding mistakes that I see is people not sticking to their expertise. And it basically yeah. means that you start to become a jack of all trades where you are talking about a lot of different things. And this is something that, you know, I not to, to criticize anyone, I did it myself in my own business where I was like, wait, is this really my thing? Do I want to talk more about marketing? Do I want to talk more about content? But I've always come back to brand strategy and like, you know, you have to test different things to yeah. see if you like them. But what I noticed was that when I did start to test and experiment with things like talking a bit more about marketing, talking about content rather than brand building, I noticed that my audience started to not be as engaged. And the reason that is, is because they'd always known me as someone who was talking about branding. So if I started to then kind of shift my message because I wanted to test something, I think they start to lose trust in what you're saying, basically. Yeah. And that's why you need to stick to what your expertise is because you get known for a subject. Restaurants, right? If I wanna go and I want to eat pizza, I have like the top three pizza places in Barcelona in my head. And I know that I want to go there because I know that their pizza is bloody amazing. And there's something about them that is amazing. Right. But if yeah. they suddenly started offering, I don't know, hot dogs, I'd be like, well, is their pizza as good? Because now they're doing hot dogs and that's kind of weird. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I want them to specialize and I want them to own their thing because that's where I want to go. I don't want to go to a restaurant that serves seven different things. I want to go to the place that knows how to do the best pizza. So yeah. that's what it kind of needs to be with your brand. You need to pick what your subject is and really kind of just own that expertise. And I think as business owners, when we're experimenting in the first couple of years, you do want to try new things. That's human nature. You know, you're like, oh, what about this thing? Maybe this will be fun. <laughs> oh, I want to try this thing. But on, when you do find what that thing is, stick to it and you'll find the trust in your offer and trust in your business like booms because people know that that's your thing. Yeah, I think that was such a good example because I had that experience in uh, one of my past holidays with my boyfriend as well. We went to Bavaria and there was this place that sold, I think, pizza, cake, pastry, ice cream. They did noodles and just like everything. They were all over the place and it, it didn't even look bad. So the atmosphere was very nice. But I was like, oh, do you want to go eat there? And he's like, no, let's try something else. I'm like, why? Well, they just do everything. And I don't know if they do pizza good then because they do everything. And it just it's a very nice metaphor for what you just said. And it's also a very interesting perspective on finding your niche, because what I experienced is that a lot of people talk about niches in terms of target group, like focus on like you do uh, coaches or creatives, etc., for example. Um, but this is also a very interesting other perspective on finding your niche to be like, okay, as you did, I'm focusing on brand strategy and marketing now. I don't do designing anymore because that is broadening your niche and you really niche down your office and your expertise. Um, yeah, which is another interesting perspective.
Mm, I think it's just so important. And, you know, that's not to say that it's wrong if you do do design and strategy or if you do do a couple of different things. But I think that it's easy to get off track with what you're doing. And that's exactly why, like, when I work with clients, like, we make a brand strategy, like a physical brand strategy, which is like your guidebook, your handbook. Like, it tells you what your business is and what it does. And you should be using that week in week out to decide whether like the content you're creating the emails that you're sending your website pages that you're updating the podcast interviews that you're doing are you actually talking about what your expertise is or are you just merging into what everyone wants you to be because if you're merging into what everyone wants you to be or what you think what everyone wants to hear then you're not getting known for something yeah I think I definitely can sense myself um having been that person because once you start your own business and you have like a general idea of what you want to do I know for me it was very interesting to be creative to be designing stuff to uh, kind of work with clients on their business and on their vision but I was almost um yeah I don't know how you say that in English but I was almost buying into that dream because I saw other people doing amazing stuff on Instagram and TikTok and I was very insecure in the beginning of my business journey. I was like, okay, if, if that works for this person, maybe it works for me too. And then you venture off and try different things. And although that kind of in the end, um, yeah, brings you to where you are today, it's also very important to not stray away too much because I strayed away a lot on here and there and different kind of things that didn't really have to do anything with the business that I wanted to build. So yeah, that's that's a really great, great advice. I think though it's when we when we kind of stray away from what we're doing, I feel like it's a like an itch you need to scratch, right? It's yeah. like I need to test this thing out and I need to see whether it works or not. And then from there I'll make an informed decision. And if I'd always stayed strictly to what I thought I wanted to do at the beginning I would have just done design and then I wouldn't have like discovered this whole new thing that makes me feel so much more fulfilled so like you know we can't beat ourselves up for trying new things but I think that there's two different types of business owners and I've said this quite a lot I truly believe there's people like me who start in a new niche and they didn't study it for their degree they didn't work in this in corporate you know I wasn't a designer before in my corporate job And you start completely from scratch. And I think when you're in that position, you're one of those people that you do have a lot of itches that need to be scratched. You need to test a lot of things because you just don't know what it is that you want to do. Then there's the other type of business owners who take a job that they've been doing for the last 10 years or the thing that they studied at university and they take it and they make their own business out of it. Well, those people are normally a lot more focused because they know what to do they know their expertise they've already worked in it and I find that those people in general their businesses get up and running a lot quicker than what people when they start from scratch where they're just like oh I want to start a business but I don't really know what I want to start it in (laughs) neither is wrong I just think that you need to be aware that if you're the person who's like me where you start completely from scratch with no kind of you know oh well what am I going to do if you haven't got a clear idea it's probably going to take you longer and that's okay yeah, I think it's totally okay. But that's also ha- where um, like consultants and mentors come in. Because if you feel drawn to a specific mentor or coach or consultant, then they can really help you to kind of narrow it down and guide you to, okay, what do you actually want to do? Like it's not selling, it's not 
saying, okay, you have to do this to get this result. I know that there's types of mentors that do that as well to be like, okay, this is your road to 10K months and this is the only way that you can do it, which I'm instantly repel when I see this type of advertising uh, on social media. But there's also um, mentors and group programs or one-on-one -on -one programs that really guide you and kind of question your decisions and your passions and kind of guide you to um, where you want to be in your business. So I know you do a lot of these uh, programs or one-on-one -on -one, uh, consulting. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what were uh, some or one of your biggest client wins or wins for your own business that um, people experience when following uh, your framework when working with you? Okay, you'll ask it. That's a big question. Okay. <laughs> um, so one of the so one of the things that I did that was the most fulfilling was when I started my group program last year and my group program was basically teaching you how to create your own brand strategy. And I I sold this program. It was the first time I was launching it. And I thought, okay, this is going to be hard. You know, it's my first time launching a group program. So I used a lot of my own experiences in the marketing to be like, you know, I get where you're at. And one of the like biggest wins of that program, there was one girl who was in it who Again, she was kind of like that person that I just mentioned, like me, where she started up her business and she was like, what the hell, what do I really want to do? And yeah. she really related to what I was talking about in my marketing, which was she was just copying what other people's offers were. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that happened exactly the same to me. I was like, right, I'm a brand and a web designer. So I'm going to look at what other brand and web designers offer and I'm going to offer the same thing. And we can easily get caught up in like, just offering what we think other people offer because it should be successful right if someone has clients yeah. you assume that their offers good and you know i went through a stage where i was like i'm gonna make website templates and i'm gonna make social media templates because this is what everyone else is doing and this girl came into my program and she said you know i feel exactly the same she was like i'm just doing what everyone else is doing and it's not working yeah. for me she was like it's not working why are they selling these things <laughs> and i can't sell them and we really sat down and i said but you know that, that is that what you want to do and I think that sometimes people actually haven't asked themselves wow mm -hmm. is that what I want to do and I think that the biggest win of doing brand strategy because it's like that foundational layer of your business and having someone to consult with you someone directly asks you is this what you want to do and you have to really sit and think god is this what I want to do and mm -hmm. she was like no I I don't think it is and I was like okay well cool so go away and think about the things that actually make you excited the things that you want to talk about the things that you do really well and she went away and she came up with this brand new offer and she hadn't had inquiries for months and she wanted to do like a beta testing round and she announced mm -hmm. the offer and on the first day six people applied wow. to wow and she was like I just think that because my passion for what I was talking about came across she was like I think people just felt it and she was like I made an offer mm -hmm. that wasn't the same as everybody else's and people love that and she yeah. like wrote in the group to us and the other girls she was like I got six beta inquiries and I was like that is amazing that is crazy and it's just obvious when you're selling something that you actually like want to do and you think is fun and that you think will help people and that 
you know, all your passion comes across. I think there's just such a difference. If I started to try sell yeah. and sell website templates, I would have been like, buy my website template because you probably need a template. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't yeah. have got excited about it, you know? And people are looking for that passion when they're when they're investing in in you or in something. Yeah, I think that that kind of also triggered me when you said that because I feel exactly the same. I'm actually working on revising all of my offers at the moment because I started at the exact same place and I feel like a lot of business owners um, that start from complete scratch, as you said, uh, that kind of venture off and do their own thing without previous education or experience, that this is like the first guiding step that you can take on, well, I don't know anything about what I need to offer and what I need to do. So of course I'm going to see some sales pages and some some offers from other business owners. But I've been really the past year I've been really in this trap of I didn't have the time to change my office, but I didn't really feel excited about my office. And it comes across, it sounds so weird, but people literally feel the energy of your Instagram account or your TikTok account or your marketing that sometimes selling is more of a chore if your offers don't excite you and then people obviously don't inquire because they feel that you're just selling because you need to make the income not because you're excited about the offer yeah and I think that that was one of the reasons why when I launched that group program um that it went successfully was because like I said before, all of the marketing for it was me talking about my own experience and how when I made my brand strategy, it, it just changed everything for me. Like I went from being this person who I woke up every day and I was like, what the hell do I need to be doing? And then I had this direction. I had something to look at and be like, oh, yeah, wait, this is what I'm selling. This is who <laughs> I'm selling it to. And this is what I do. And it sounds so obvious, but I think with as business owners, we're thinking about 10,000 different things that you don't want to keep it all in your brain because you yeah. feel confused. It feels like it feels heavy. It feels like, you know, each day you're just kind of like scrambling about with 20 to do things on your on your list. And not having that direction is really, really detrimental to your business. They're the foundations. And people talk about these foundational aspects all the time. But so many people skip the foundations and just go to marketing, selling, marketing, selling, yeah. marketing, selling. But what I really do with clients and brand strategy is, like I said before, ask them, is this what you really want to do? Is this aligned with your strengths? Is this where your business should be going? Is Are you the right person to be doing this? Why? How are we going to sell this to your, your audience? You know, And I found it easy to sell brand strategy because I literally told people, I was this struggling brand and a web designer. I made my brand strategy. I figured out what made me different. And then suddenly I had this new passion for my business. And I was selling like so easy. And people were like, God, that's what I want, you know? And you are your like own biggest testimonial. You have to feel great about what you're what you're offering to other people. Yeah, I think brand strategy is still, it's kind of growing in the community at the moment, but it's still very overlooked because I've been talking to a lot of uh, potential clients and inquiries and they all say, oh, I don't know if I need brand strategy because I know my target audience and I know uh, I'm this type of business and I know my vision. And then I ask them, okay, what is your vision? Like the simplest thing, like the, the golden circles, the how, what, and why, and they kind of start struggling at the why. They know the how usually, they know the what usually. But then uh, really asking them, okay, why do you want this business? Why do you 
well, you don't just want to make an income. Of course you want to make an income, but that's not the only reason why you want to do this business. What does it really mean to you? What is it, what is it like the greater good? And then most of the times they do understand, okay, I know the basics, but there's just so much more to explore, which in the end gives me the confidence of, okay, I know what I stand for. I know what I want to say. And I know how to say it to actually resonate with my with my audience. Exactly. It, it, it might be that the founder of the business is really, really clear, but you have to remember that people can't read your mind. So yeah. the founder can be clear, but how are you communicating that? Because the, the communication, the implementation, that's the key. It's not making the strategy or putting the ideas down on paper. It's how is that coming across in the emails you send, the content you post, the client calls that you have, the, um, you know, any type of business opportunities that you have, how is that coming across? And if it's not coming across, then you have a problem because people don't understand what you understand. And we can say, oh, I'm the best designer, or I do this differently, or, you know, that for me is my USP. But if you're not communicating it, it doesn't mean anything. I can definitely sense it in uh, in some ways still in my business that I, although I wrote down the brand strategy, it feels um, somehow disconnected. So that's that's why I'm revising everything at the moment and also my offers, because as I said, copying them from someone else just maybe doesn't work for you. And I definitely made that experience that I wondered, okay, for example, um, brand intensives are kind of big in the community right now. It's like short and sweet. Uh, branding projects and I was like oh that's that's a nice way that's a nice offer I implemented it and I was wondering why doesn't it sell for me what well other people are so successful with it so that's something that needs a lot of self-reflection and reflection in your business and it sounds like such an easy question to ask well is this something that you really want to do but Actually, if you think about it, it's also a hard question. You have to really think about it and reflect on it and maybe even journal on it because, yeah, it it seems obvious at the first glance, but it's probably not as obvious. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that – the reason I ask that question, like, is that what you want to do and does this align with you and your strengths and your lifestyle, really? Because, you know, I work with a lot of people who have different commitments. So things yeah. like they have – a full-time job um I have another job so I understand what it's like to balance job and business um people who you know I had a client who her dream was to homeschool her daughter and we worked together for I think it was about uh, two she joined my group program two months and then six weeks of one-to-ones like four months in total and like after that she was homeschooling her daughter like that was what she wanted to create time and space for and you know you can't just look at other for example like you said designers and say well those people are doing like design sprints or days or intensives or whatever you call them if that doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you you know and it's just because that sells for somebody else it wouldn't work for I don't know my client who wanted to homeschool her daughter because maybe you know she's homeschooling every day how can she be doing a design sprint so you have to look at your own personal situation and I think that that's something that we don't do enough and that's what I really like to incorporate with my clients I like to look at their situation and then build their brand based on them because they built their business for them at the end of the day yeah and you know it's I I, I had another another client who I'm um, she was very, very clear on what she wanted in her in her business. Yeah. So we 
really need to do any of this work of like, you know, is this really what you want to do? You know, she was super clear. She knew exactly what she wanted to to do. She actually had, um, it's actually an e-commerce business. So she had like a, a clothing and home product brand. She mm -hmm. did like vintage, um, vintage clothes and she worked with like small female owned suppliers and yeah. um she was really really interesting and i loved working on that brand but even though she had this really clear vision she still invested in strategy why because she had the clear vision but as soon as you try to give a job to somebody else they don't have the vision that you have so she yeah. was the founder but if she wants to hire someone to do her social media content she needs a strategy to give to them. Otherwise, the person doesn't understand what the business is. They don't understand their passion. They don't understand why. Like, it, it's not just about the owner being clear, but how do you make everyone on your team clear? How do you make your audience clear? How do you like spread that message and keep it consistent, no matter who's sending what email, what content, posting what thing? How do you make that consistent throughout? Yeah, I think that's a great. That's a great point because a strategy is such an easy document to send out and um, for people to read through them. I know that um, when I start a new job, I always get, well, if I don't get it, I request it, but I always usually get like a brand strategy or a, an onboarding document that um, reflects on the vision of the company and the, the target audience or the tone of voice, especially because I work in marketing, that you need to encapsulate that brand voice in that messaging because if you don't you just write a blog post about some offer but it's not really capturing the essence of of your business which as business owners we are so clear on our vision but sometimes it's in our head and we can't communicate it so brand strategy really helps with that yeah for sure it's 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 essential <laughs> yes <laughs> and um well, to wrap this up, um, I wanted to ask you on each episode, we like to share some recommendations uh, that are either fun or educational uh, when building our businesses or that are interesting to read or watch or uh, listen. So uh, do you have a recommendation for us that our listeners can uh, check out? Um, well, if you're into branding, I was thinking about what my like favorite branding book was um mm -hmm. because i know there's a lot that like are very well known like building a story brand and you know um the brand gap and from marty newmeyer like they're like really well known ones but there was one that i read that i thought was like a really nice maybe lesser known book um yeah. which is called obsessed and it's obsessed building a brand people love from day one um by emily hayward hey Hayward, I think that's how you say her surname. Um, but I, I read this book and it's like, uh, she's an agency owner and she talks through like how they've built different brands and like what really the personality and the USPs are behind the brands and how they like launch them from day one mm -hmm. to make them a great success. And I just really loved the the way that she talks about how they like built the brands before the launches and everything. And I, I think it's a really great book and maybe lesser known. So I wanted to recommend that one. I love that. I think I haven't read it, but I think I know it. It's the book like with the pink cover and the lip. Is it the, with the lipsticks? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's got like a heart on the front with like, I'm just. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always wanted to read that book, so I'll I'll definitely buy it. Um, that's a great recommendation. I'm always um, 
very interested in the before stuff like before a brand launches and what goes into a launch preparation brand strategy and everything that we talked about so that's a great recommendation well let me know how you find it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and last question i know you support small business owners one-to-one -one or in-group programs and you also have some courses that people uh, can buy if branding and marketing is something they're interested in um, can you tell us where people can find you and how they can start working with you to skyrocket their personal or professional brands? Oh, well, that was very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so if you want to find me, I would recommend checking out my podcast. It's called Becoming Your Brand. Um, so I guess you're listening to this on a podcast platform. Um, I'm on Google Podcasts, Apple and Spotify. So search Becoming Your Brand with Sarah Holmes and give me a little follow, subscribe and listen to, to that for some kind of free advice. Um, you can find me on Instagram, sarahholmes.com call i had to think about my own instagram there <laughs> Sarah we always do call. as well <laughs> <laughs> and yeah find me there and then from my instagram um or my podcast you can you know there's links to my website and everything and you can see more in detail about what i what i do yeah i can definitely i can't recommend you more i know that you're definitely one of the people on my list that I want to work with in the future if I have a little bit of disposable income. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love this chat. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to touch on um, otherwise. I would just say for your listeners, I guess your listeners are all, you know, people starting their own businesses, yeah. small businesses and... I just want to give some encouragement because I think if you started your own business, you are really brave and you know, you've done what 99% of people won't do. And I just want to say that, you know, we all go through ups and downs in our businesses, but you know, keep going and keep experimenting and keep putting all the effort in that you are, because I think that, you know, the first couple of years especially can be really, really difficult, but finding your direction and finding what, you know, makes you special and what really makes you feel fulfilled is going to make you a really really successful business in the future so if you're in that stage right now where it's like a bit of a roller coaster like don't give up because you know that's the encouragement that we all need to hear and sometimes we don't have enough of that as a as a small business owner working by ourselves that's definitely an encouragement that i need to hear at the moment so thank you for that <laughs> and yeah otherwise thank you for listening thank you sarah for being here it was such a good chat and yeah we'll see you next well not you but we'll see <laughs> our <laughs> our listeners next episode thank you very much for having me <laughs>